imperfect action is better than no action. If you wait till everything is perfect or you understand everything, you'll never do anything. Do what you know to do and trust the Lord with what you don't. Welcome back to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. We are going to hit one of life's issues today with heaven's perspective. Amen. Let's jump right in. If you will, go with me to the book of James chapter 1. Father, I pray as we dig right into your word here today, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to minister to our hearts. You're going to speak to us. Hallelujah. Things are going to become clearer to us, Lord God. And you're going to help us to see what in our life needs to be changed. We give you glory and we thank you for your word because your word changes us. We thank you for your spirit, hallelujah, hallelujah, that brings about that change. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to read verses 5 through 8 in James chapter 1. This is going to be a familiar passage to pretty much anybody that's probably listening to me. But if you're new in the Lord or if you're new to listening uh, to me, welcome. I'm glad you're here and I want to encourage you and I want to help you right? It's one thing for us to, you know, become born again and know that we now belong to God and that our feet are firmly planted in the kingdom of God and that uh, heaven is our eternal home and we can rejoice in that. But heaven you know, depending on where you are in life and, and also depending on um, God's timing, right? God's prophetic timing. Heaven could be a lot of years yet off for you. <laughs> and so what are you going to do between then and now? It's important that we learn how to walk in the kingdom of God while we are on this earth. Amen. And there's a way that God intends for us to walk because it's what... Um, He's already purposed in his heart for us, and he's already already stated that we have victory through the faith that he's given us, right? What is this victory that we have over the world? But even our faith. So that's God's plan and purpose uh, for our lives. So it's important that we find out how. It's one thing to know uh, that we're in the kingdom of God. It's another thing to understand what that kingdom consists of and what belongs to us because Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. And then it's a whole other thing to figure out <laughs> how to walk in that kingdom and how to obtain, to receive, I should rather say, receive everything that Jesus um, has given us. Amen. And so in James chapter one, I'm going to start in verse five. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, 
doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and hither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, decides. You know, I talk a lot about faith um, because <laughs> we can't be saved without faith, right? Um, we can't, uh, we walk by faith as Christians. We live by faith as Christians. Our victory is by faith as Christians, right? And so, I mean, like there's just, it's impossible to not talk about faith. And I talk about it in a very practical way because it's one thing to understand it from a doctrinal point of view. It's another thing, once again, to be a doer of faith, right? Not just a hearer, <laughs> not someone that's just grabbed a hold of it with their mind, but actually knows how to walk it out. And so this passage here says that if we are lacking wisdom and wisdom is absolutely essential. I love the book of Proverbs because it is such a practical book of God's wisdom. I personally believe and you know, I've been doing this myself for years. I personally believe if we made it a habit of reading a proverb every day and the way that I do it is I just read it in relation to whatever day of the month it is. So for instance, today is what the 13th of, and so I read, I read Proverbs 13 earlier today, right? And just read it in correlation to whatever day um, of the month it is. And obviously there's five months um, out of the year that there are not 31 days. Um, so since there are 31 Proverbs, I just add in the extra one on four of those months. And then, then on in February, of course, we have a couple more we have to add in. And if I don't get them in, it's not a big deal because I'm reading Proverbs every single month. But it is so important because one of the things that I find with many Christians is that they hear and they hear and they hear the word, but it's almost like it goes in one ear and out the other, or I don't even know if it actually goes in one ear or if it literally just stays in the natural realm of the ears and never actually gets down in the spirit because it would seem that many believers have a hard time grasping a hold of wisdom and following the practical advice of God's word, right? Again, we're instructed and commanded to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And many people say they're believers, and yet you can tell by their conversation. I mean, you don't have to listen to them more than uh, two minutes, and you can tell they say they're believers. And I'm not saying they don't believe in Jesus, but there's no real faith in their life. It's no wonder they have no victory. It's no wonder they can't um, get breakthrough. It's no wonder that they never see any change, why they don't walk in joy, why they don't walk in peace, because there's really no operating faith going on in their life. And here we're instructed very clearly that if we need wisdom, all we've got to do is go and ask God. He's not going to begrudge us for us. He's not going to find fault with us and beat us up. Why didn't you know that already? You should already know that. That's not how God is. He desires for us to come to him for everything we need. And in particular, wisdom, instruction, 
you know, revelation, the insight that we need to take the knowledge that we have and make it useful in life. But he says you have to come to him in faith if you're going to ask. You can't hesitate and you can't doubt. Well, what exactly does that mean? Well, one, it means you go back to the definition or you go back to what Hebrews 11 says about faith, that it's impossible to please God without faith, right? And so God isn't going to give you something if he, if he's not pleased with you. And it takes faith to please God. We just, just said that (laughs) Hebrews 11, six. And it says that means you first have to believe that God is And second, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we come to this verse, this passage here in James chapter one, then it's very evident he's he's saying to us, if you're going to ask for wisdom, the one you better believe I'm God and I've got it. And two, that I'm going to reward you with the wisdom that you ask for. So first of all, you can't doubt when you come to him. If you come to him and ask, then you've got to believe he's actually going to give you what it is you've asked for. But two, I believe the other part of that, the, the second part of that is this. Many times we come to God asking for an answer when, or asking for direction or asking for instruction when actually we've already made up our mind what we are going to do. And if that's not the answer we get from God, <laughs> then we're not going to do it, right? Many times people say, well, well, I've been praying about it and I, I've been waiting on God. And, and most of the time, because <laughs> sometimes people do this for a really long time. I think that God's actually already answered you and you just didn't like what he had to say. (laughs) So you keep going asking for, quote, wisdom, instruction or direction, but you ain't getting it because he already gave it to you and you just didn't like what he had to say. (laughs) Jesus in more than one place, he said said to his disciples and to others, uh, look, there's some things I like to tell you, but you just aren't ready for it. <laughs> Amen. And I think God gives us to it when we ask, because he says he'll give it to us. When when we ask, he gives it to us and we don't like it. So we just weren't ready for it. And then we hide behind the guys. Well, I'm just, I'm praying about that and just, just waiting on God. No, I don't think so. I think he's waiting on you to come into agreement. He, he says, if you're a, if you're double-minded, hesitating, doubting, irresolute, he says, you're actually unstable, unreliable, and uncertain about everything that you think, everything that you feel, and everything you decide. Amen. And you know, this is the reality too in, in, in the kingdom, coming into the kingdom. I want to read one verse in Luke. Uh, oh, let me go. Luke chapter nine and verse 62. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And this is the problem I think many times is that we set out to do something like God will give us a dream. You know, he'll, he'll give us, he'll, he'll tell us what his purpose and plan is for our life. Because many times I I see Christians not living in any purpose whatsoever. And it's not because God hasn't shown them. And it's not because they don't know. It's exciting when God tells them it's a whole nother ball game when they have to discipline their life and prepare for everything that is involved in God's purpose and plan for their life, right? 
It's easy to get excited when something's new and fresh and God speaks something to you, right? I think that's one of the reasons why people are always looking for a prophetic word from some prophet or some person that operates a lot um, in um, the gift of prophecy because they're just looking for something to get an immediate high, but they really have no intention to walk in the discipline, the daily discipline of the Christian life and preparation is going to take to fulfill what God has said. And so like he said here, anyone who puts his hand to the plow, Jesus says this and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And as you see, I titled this message flat squirrels, a lesson learned, right? Why, why did I say that? Because the reality is many Christians are living in the land of indecision. <laughs> They're living in the land of indecision. And the road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. The road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. And many Christians are living in the land of indecision and their life is just flat. There's no real joy. Um, they, they, they have no real fulfillment. Everything is flat in life. There's no movement forward. There's no increase. There's no change. Uh, there's, there's no uh, return on because there's no investment, <laughs> right? And many Christians are living that life of indecision. And, and ultimately, when you boil it down, indecision at its root cause comes from unbelief. But in its immediate, um, how do I want to say in its immediate state, indecision often comes from fear, which stems from unbelief. I guess that's how I want to say it. So really the root cause of indecision is unbelief. But in its immediate decision, when, when you're, you're, as they might say, stuck between a rock and a hard place, and, and, and maybe God's given you a, a, a direction, he's given you instruction, you know what you're supposed to do, but you're just, you're having a hard time pulling, Right? pulling that, that uh, lever down into drive or, or whatever. Many times that immediate result from indecision, it comes from fear, but that fear actually comes from unbelief. I want to look at a few scriptures, a couple of them in the book of Psalms and several of them in the book of Proverbs, because I think this is going to lay it out a, a, a little bit about what I want to really hone in on here. Because I've known people and I've had people come in into our church and they've been in the Lord a really, really long time, longer than me because they're much older than I am. And they came into the Lord young, you know, late teens, early twenties or whatever. And so, but I found that actually their life was stuck <laughs> and their life was stuck because they live a life of indecision 
And, and the reason they live that life of indecision is because they would tell me a story about one time they made a decision and then where they thought God wanted them to be. And then when they got there, it was just not where God wanted them to be. Well, so, <laughs> I mean, does that mean you just so well, Oh, well, I made a mistake. Who doesn't? <laughs> right. And I see them grasping for something that they're never going to get a hold of really because it's almost the reality is their indecision is based in unbelief. People don't like that, but it's true because at some point in life as a believer, when you've been walking with the Lord and I, you know, you're going to have to get to the place where you trust God with your life. And I'm going to look at some scriptures here on this. And you actually believe what the word of God says. And this is the crux of why, you know, why I'm talking, talking about faith. People say they believe the word, but they don't act like they believe the word. You actually have to believe it. And if you don't act like you believe it, then you actually don't believe it. Because faith without works is dead or faith without actions is dead, right? And so many times people say, well, I believe the word, but no, you don't because you don't act like you believe the word. Now we have all at some point in time in our life have come up against this. So please don't take this as I'm trying to beat you down. I want to encourage you today because at some point in time in your Christian walk with God, you're going to have Um, you know, to let the rubber meet the road, as they say, you're going to have to put the pedal to the metal. You're going to have to put that thing in gear and you're going to have to get moving. Even if you don't understand everything, if you understood everything and how everything was going to work and how everything was going to be taken care of and how provision was going to come, then you wouldn't even need God. And that wouldn't even require faith. And that's unbiblical, (laughs) right? Psalm 37, verse 23, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic. It says, the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he, meaning the Lord, delights in his way, meaning the man's way. So the steps of a man are directed and established by the Lord when the Lord delights in the man's way. And he, the Lord, busies himself with the man's every step. The steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when the Lord delights in the man's way and the Lord busies himself with the man's every step. You hear that? That's what that actually means. Now, you either believe that and you act like it or you don't believe it. You can tell me you believe it, but if you don't act like it, then, then, then it's not actually true, right? You have to get moving and watch God direct your steps. I say this all the time. I've actually, I actually might've just said it on my last podcast. I can't remember, but God cannot direct a parked car. There's nothing to direct. You just sitting there, sitting there and park. Half of people that I know don't even have their engine running. (laughs) So there's definitely nothing to direct. Amen. Some of you got the engine running, the car's in park, and God keeps saying, would you put that thing in reverse (laughs) and get to moving? Come on now. (laughs) So either you actually believe that the Lord directs your steps and takes very 
cautious care over all your steps and you act like it or you don't actually believe it or not. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. A passage that anybody that's been in the Lord for not very long knows. If they can't quote it by heart, if they hear somebody quote it, they can quote it along with them. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. People can go, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. People can quote it. Oh, I believe that. But they don't act like they believe it. You actually believe that if you're trusting him and not leaning on your own understanding. Remember what I said. You don't have to understand in everything because you're not leaning on your understanding. You're leaning on God. You're leaning on his word, his written word, and you're leaning on the word of the Lord for you, the direction of the spirit of God for you. And as you lean on that and not on your own understanding, then he's going to direct your path. Amen. You don't need to understand everything in order to believe and make steps, take steps, action, right? Action steps of faith. So either you believe that he'll actually make your path straight and plain before you, or you don't believe it. You can't say you believe it, but not act like it. Proverbs 16, verse 3, an amplified classic. Roll your works upon the Lord. Now listen to this. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. I love, I've loved that verse for years. It speaks to me. Verse nine in the same chapter of Proverbs 16. A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. So he directs your steps. He makes them sure. He establishes them, right? This is what we've already talked about in Psalm 37, in Proverbs 3, now in Proverbs 6, right? He directs them. He, he makes your path smooth, plain, and straight before you. Verse 20 of the same chapter, Proverbs 16. He who deals wisely and heeds God's word and counsel shall find good. And whoever leans on trust in and is confident in the Lord, happy, blessed, and fortunate is he. You want to know why sometimes in some Christians' lives, it looks like everything in their life goes so well? <laughs> because they've learned how to lean on the Lord. They learned how to trust in the Lord. They've learned how to take steps even when they don't see, as they say, the whole staircase. Amen. 
They learned how to acknowledge God, to make plans, step out and trust that as they move forward, God will tell them, go to the right, go to the left, keep straight. Whatever it is, God will direct their steps. They actually believe God. They don't just say that they believe God. They don't just say that they trust the Lord. They don't just say they believe that God directs their steps, but they actually do believe it and their actions prove it. You don't have to understand everything about the steps you are taking. You just have to be obedient to the Lord and trust him. Come on now. God doesn't tell you to figure it all out. He just tells you to obey him. God doesn't tell you to figure it all out. That's his job. Your job is obedience. Amen. Come on now. This is good stuff today. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. Right? And I said in the introduction, if you wait until everything is perfect or till you understand everything and you've got the plan from A to Z and the whole map mapped out, then you're never going to do anything because it won't all, it will never line up to perfection. It just won't. Even when you think you have crossed every T and dotted every single I, sure shooting, something's going to come along <laughs> and just screw it up. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 says, Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. In the Amplified Classic, it says, He who observes the wind and waits for all conditions to be favorable will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. You can't wait for perfect conditions. What you're waiting for is direction and instruction from the Lord. And don't you all tell me you don't have any. Because if you don't have anything specific from God for your life right at this moment, I can tell you, you have a whole Bible, 66 books, and there's several things in there. If you start reading, the Holy Spirit will start speaking to you and tell you what steps to take right now. Because his word is a lamp unto your feet. That tells you what step to take next and a light unto the path and will show you where to go. His word, his written word is a lamp unto your feet. So if you get in that word, trust me, you, the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you and tell you what step to take. So don't you dare tell me that God hasn't spoken to you because he's given you 66 books. And as you start reading in there, something's going to leap to life in you. There's a word in there that's going to leap to life and you're going to know that's your word and you're going to know God's speaking to you and you're going to know God's telling you now this is the next step that I want you to take and you're going to know God says now this is the path we're going to be on and now let me show you what step to take next. Amen. Come on now. You can't wait till all of the conditions seem perfectly favorable. You have to step out in obedience, right? Psalm 119, verse 60. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. This is Psalm 119, verse 60. 
I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. We need to be immediately obedient. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. So we're not waiting until everything's perfect. We're not waiting until we have everything figured out. We're not waiting until we have all, every ounce of knowledge, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on the circumstance, the situation we're going to be dealing with. We're not waiting until our bank account gets to a certain a number. We're not waiting until we get a certain number of people in our church. We're not waiting until, you know, whatever it is, you know, till our kids are grown or till you get married or till you get divorced or, you, you know, I mean, you'd be amazed until you retire. We're not waiting. We're going to be immediately obedient to what God tells us to do. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Oh, to, to obey your commands. Remember, imperfect action is better than no action. I want to share a story that I was listening. Um, I was in a revival meeting with Pastor Jonathan Shellsworth um, today, and he was telling a story, and I've heard him. I've heard him tell the story, at least, you know, in various fashions, more than one time, because I listened to a lot of his, his ministry about when the Lord told him, you know, cause he was an evangelist for like 20 years. He's still an evangelist, but he was like evangelist for like 20 years. And then in 2020 with all that, when all that nonsense came down at the end of 2020, the Lord told him he wanted him to build him and forgive me if I use the wrong term, but I think he said a strong church in the Pittsburgh area because that's where he's from <clears throat> and that's where their ministry is. And so that was the very end, uh, uh December of, of 2020. And so in by, I think he said it was March. He was sharing the story today. I think he said it was March. He bought a church. He, uh, there was a church building, um, that was for sale. And that was the only one around that was for sale. And he bought it because he, the Lord told him, I want you to build me a strong church in Pittsburgh. And like you said, you can't build a church without a building. People are like, well, the church ain't a building. Yeah, but you need one to put the people in. <laughs> people ain't going to come if they don't got somewhere to go. <laughs> Amen. And so he bought this building. And he said, you know, we never use that as a church. And, and they didn't. It wasn't the right building. But he said something today that I thought was so insightful. And I had already decided um, yeah, I, I'm recording this after the fact, but I'd already decided, I already had in my notes what I, yesterday I knew what I was going to be talking about, um, in my podcast today, he said, but I believe because I took the action to buy that church building, even though it wasn't the right one is what prompted us to get the right building, you know? And, and since then, I mean, in such a small amount of time when you see the hand of the Lord because he was quick. God spoke to them the very end of December, 2020, build me a strong church in March. He bought a building. It wasn't even the right building. Did God, did God come down with a hammer on him? Absolutely not. He just provided for a, a, the right building that he, that was for him, right? Come on now. But the problem is, is everybody just, well, I need, I need clear direction on this. I need clear direction on that. You get direction, start moving. And as you move, God will direct you. And even if you make a mistake and I, the way that pastor Jonathan said it today, I don't even feel like that he believes 
buying that wrong church building was a mistake. It was an act of faith that led then God to prompt someone else to give them a much better building that was more suited for what they were going to need because that church building he bought would have never contained the people that were going to be coming to their church. Never. Way too small. But it was amazing because what I heard, that's not what he said, but the way he said it, I heard he don't even feel like he made a mistake by buying that building. That was the wrong building and they never, never used it for a church. It, but it, it was an act of faith and God is always looking for people, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when you act in faith, it prompts God to move on your behalf. And every step after that, it is absolutely amazing. If you don't follow uh, Jonathan and Dallas's ministry, Revival Today and Revival Today Church, you should because your faith will grow. But that's what that, when I heard him tell that today, like I said, I've heard him tell it in various ways <laughs> ever since, you know, it, it actually they did it, you know, but the way he said it today, and it might've just been because what was in my heart already that made me think he didn't even look at it as a mistake. And that's one of the things in my life that I have learned. And this, and it's been hard for me because I've been downcast too many times because, man, I made a mistake. I should, I moved because God told me to move and maybe I didn't have complete clear direction. And then I felt like it was a mistake and I'm learning. Actually, it wasn't a mistake. God honored the fact that I moved. He don't care about that. We make a big deal out of things that aren't a big deal. He's looking for movers, right? He don't sit with sitters. He moves with movers. <laughs> Amen. Come on now. So you can't wait until everything is perfect or you understand everything or your bank account has the right amount or you're, you know, you've been married for so many years or you've had children or your children are grown or you're retired or you, you know, whatever. If you wait until all, you'll never do anything. Imperfect action is better than no action. Amen. Remember, a lesson learned from flat squirrels. The road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. You need to do what you know to do and trust the Lord with what you don't. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the encouragement of testimonies from your people. And I thank you, Lord, Hallelujah. We will no longer park out in the land of indecision. Today, I pray that every person that listens to this, they make up their mind today that they will no longer park out in the land of indecision. But they will start stepping. And Father, I believe According to your word, because I believe your word, I believe you're a man of your word, I believe that you cannot lie, I believe because you said it, you're going to do it, and I believe because you've spoken it, you will make it good, that as they start stepping, you will direct their steps. They will not falter, they will not fail. In Jesus' name, I give you glory. Amen.